0: Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats, a program dedicated to creating a legacy for your pet, Animal companions, your pets, your children, whatever you call them, they are dearly loved family members. As pet parents and animal lovers, we have an obligation to ensure their current and future well-being. Join estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, your host, every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, here on Nature's Channel.fm, Peggy explores the many alternatives available to help you provide for the future care of your pets. They love us unconditionally. Let's make sure we care and provide for them in every circumstance.
1: Hello and welcome. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Nature's Channel. FM. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. And I'm pleased to be with you to share all kinds of ideas about how we can protect our children who have fur coats, how to leave a legacy for our pet, how to protect them during our lifetime, how to protect them in the event of a natural disaster or in the event of our disability, and most importantly, how to protect them in the event we should pass away before they do. Planning for pets is really a passion of mine. It's, it's something that I've been doing for um, a long, long time. I've been practicing law for over 20 years now, but I grew up in the animal welfare world. My dad was John Hoyt, the president of the Humane Society of the United States, and he took that position when I was 10 years old. So I've always been around animals. I've always loved animals. And when I went to law school and started to do estate planning, I knew that I had to find a way to include every member of our family, including our pets, as part of our estate planning process. So a few years ago, I wrote a book called All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet. And that's where, that's where we are today, talking about all of the aspects of that book and all of the things that make our pets wonderful. I've written a lot of other estate planning books, but this is the only one that focuses just on the pets that we love. I have a lot of children that wear fur coats. I have three horses, I have seven dogs, and I have two cats. And over the course of our time together, you'll get a chance to be introduced to each and every one of them. Every week we're going to feature somebody different that is going to talk about an aspect of planning for our pets. And one of the things that I thought we should do that would be a lot of fun is that the first Monday of every month is going to be what we call Memorial Monday. And on Memorial Monday, we're going to remember the pets that we've loved and lost. And so we're going to invite you to call into the show to share your memories.
2: Hey, everybody, it's producer Christine Agro here on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. We seem to have lost Peggy. We're trying to get her back. I'm not really sure what happened. Hi, Peggy. Welcome back to your show. Well, thank you. I don't know what happened. That was so strange. I know. So I've been, I've been speaking to your lovely audience for a few minutes. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I'm going to let you have your show back, though.
1: Okay. Should we? Is the caller
2: still there? Uh, yeah, we have we have a a new caller. We lost one caller when uh, when you got dropped for some reason, but we do have a caller. So would you like to go to your caller?
1: Um, yes.
2: Okay. Here we go.
1: I understand we have a caller. Hello there.
3: It's Adrian. Can you hear me? You hear me? This is Adrian. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, hi! Congratulations on your new show. Oh, thank you so much. Do you have a pet you want to remember? Oh, I do. I have a wonderful um, nine years with Browser. She was looked like a Roddy Mick. She died last June 12th. It's so coming up on a year. And she taught me so much. And, um, yeah, I, I, I remember her all the time. But I would love to have any thoughts you have on ways to remember or, you know, I've gotten to the place where I'm in joy when I look at her photo and not, like, you know, heart-wrenching grief and agony. So that like big progress. Absolutely.
1: Well, there's always a lot of things you can do, of course, to memorialize your pet, not the least of which is um, creating photo albums or planting a memorial plant or tree and then having a way for your pet to live on in your heart forever. Um there's a company that I'm aware of their name is pet perennials, and you can actually take um a portion of uh your pet's ashes and mix them with this nutrient product and then plant it and every year you'll grow a garden in in honor of your pet
3: oh that's lovely. I like that idea. I do have her ashes that's nice and i did i did get i got four memorial plants and only one survived so it seems like um that's the one, and I, I water it all the time, and it seems to be um, a great way to, to think of her and remember her, and I also adopted a new dog um, in January, and um, didn't think I ever would get another dog, and felt like my dog browser has sort of led me to her in a lot of ways, and um, so that, that feels like a really, like a living memorial to help another dog <laughs> That
1: is absolutely a living memorial and an excellent thing to do. Thank you so much for sharing about Browser.
3: Thank you. I appreciate even hearing her name. Take care.
1: Have a great day. Bye-bye. So thank you very much. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Nature's FM, And we're talking about Memorial Monday and ways that we can remember the pets that we've loved and lost. And I I mentioned that I would be introducing you to some of my pets over the course of the show. And so in 2013, I actually lost six of my beloved pets through a variety of different causes. Some were old age, some were illness. But first I'll start with my dogs. And uh, the two dogs that I lost that year were Corky, my Welsh Corgi, and Kira, my German Shepherd. And Both of them were older dogs. They were 12 and 13, respectively, and they had lived long, happy lives. Both were rescue dogs, and it was wonderful to have them. And much like our caller mentioned about her dog, Browser, um, and being led to another dog, both Corky and Kira led me to new rescue dogs, um, Sassy and Wolf. And so I'll tell you more about Sassy and Wolf as time goes on. So we're talking about today legacy for your pet, how to create a legacy for your pet, and how to remember our pets on Memorial Monday. We're inviting people to call into the show if they're interested in sharing about their pets. The number is 718-766-4996. This is Peggy Hoyt, and we're talking about creating estate plans that work for people and for their pets. And one of the most exciting things you can know about planning for your pets is that you're not alone. 71 million of us out there in the United States have at least one pet. That's 63% of all of the households in America have pets. If you've planned for your pet, we'd love to hear about that. If you haven't planned for your pet, we'd love to hear about that as well. You can contact us by phone. You can send us a um, text on Facebook, or you can uh, tweet on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash coats. You can look for us on YouTube. There's lots of ways that you can participate with us to share the information that you want to share about your pets. Right now, I want to invite Christine Agro. She's the founder of nature's channel f m to share some information with us about a beloved pet that she had. oh, I'm back hello hi christine
2: <laughs> um yeah i i um I had this really amazing Sharpay named Pebbles who um for the first part of her life spent in this sort of like other world space. She was very, um, she would just sit and stare at things, you know, that we couldn't see. She would watch stuff float by and, and it was just amazing to watch her, but she was very much in her own world and um, she didn't come out of it until this, by chance, I went to visit a friend in the mountains and in Colorado and I didn't think we were gonna be hiking but when I got there my friend said, Oh, I found this amazing spot, you have to come see it and so we were already at like eight thousand feet and so we had to hike up and Pebbles was was with us and as she was hiking she kept looking back at me like, Are you kidding me? You you've got to be kidding me. Like I don't I don't do this
4: <laughs> That's So
2: we funny. got I know, she was so funny. So we got up there and we um we sat on the uh, like on this this outcrop in this mountain, and we could see there were peaks above us, and there was a valley below us and I meditated for a little while, and when I opened my eyes, she was sitting right next to me, and I could tell there was a difference she was taking it all in, and after that she was incredibly um present and up for any kind of adventure um, and uh and then she had sort of a traumatic passing she got. Uh, bloat and we had moved to Brooklyn and didn't really know, you talk about planning, you know, I hadn't really found like where the emergency hospitals were and all of that. I didn't do my my due diligence when I moved. Um, And if you want, I will tell you the rest of the story when we come back from break because you have to go to break.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And we'll look forward to hearing the rest of your story. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats.
0: You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on Nature's Channel.fm. Find archives and more at
5: LegacyForYourPet.com. Soindipity, every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Nature's Channel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelley Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. So in Dippity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Nature'sChannel.fm.
4: Steal Back Your Health with Dr. Erica Steele airs live every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. The four physicians are time, nature, and patience, but most importantly, education. Join Dr. Steele and empower you and your family family to live naturally. naturally. Reclaim Reclaim your personal personal health health power power and feel great. great. Tune in to Steal Back Your Health on natureschannel.fm.
6: Nature Speaks, there's every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Nature is our greatest teacher and our greatest gift. If we listen, nature will teach us and guide us. Nature will show us how to live with grace and ease and in alignment with all that is right. Visit LetNatureBeYourGuide.com for archives, daily messages from nature, information on nature's sanctuary Sunday services, and more. Let nature be your guide. You are listening to All My
0: Children Wear Fur Coats, with the state planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on Nature's FM. Find archives and more at legacyforyourpet.com.
1: For Coats, I'm Peggy Hoyt, and we're celebrating Memorial Monday where we're remembering the pets that we've loved and lost. We have with us on the line Christine Agro, the founder of Nature's Channel FM, and she's been sharing with us a story about her beloved dog Pebbles. So, Christine, tell us a little bit more about Pebbles.
2: Well, it's just such an amazing story because, so she, you know, she had this sort of, you know, not sort of, but very tragic passing, um, where she developed bloat, which is where the stomach rises and twists, and. I knew she was in trouble. So we, we, it was like 1130 at night. And uh, so we got her to the vet and at the same time, she was like really, she seemed to be really okay. Like even though this was happening, um, she was, she was happy. She walked into the vet without any stress, which she normally would never do. Uh, she got up on the scale without a problem. She walked to the, to the, um, room without any problem the vet came in she was you know pleasant to the vet and the vet took her away to take her upstairs because they had to try to stabilize her so we could move her to um, animal medical and she was happy her tail was wagging she walked off like there was not a care in the world and it was such an odd moment and I had this you know I was a wreck but I had this moment where I had a like it was like a moment of clarity and I just because it's part of what I do I connected with her at spirit and I said to her you know if you're ready to go I get it and there's you know tons of energetic help to support you in your transition if you're not ready we'll do whatever we you know whatever we can to to um, help you stay here it doesn't matter what the cost like we'll do it and like three minutes later, the vet came back and said she had passed. And, you know, it was like it was a powerful moment. And then I went home and I just meditated for like three days straight. And she taught me so much about um, transitioning and, you know, because I spent that whole time in connection with her. And I asked her, like, why did you do this? And she handed me a baby boy in my meditation space. And I knew what she was saying was that there was there was a child coming for me and I was like, okay. So I told my husband and he was like, no way, you know, we're not having a child. And seven months later we got pregnant and I knew from the moment I got pregnant that it was a boy and, um, you know, kind of just very interesting, the whole thing. So that's my, that's my special pebble story. She's a, she's and that's great. a
1: great story. That's an incredible story because animals have so much to teach us. And they're so stoic um, at times, especially at the end. I, I remember several that I've lost that I was just amazed at how strong they were. In, and they were helping me more than I was probably helping them right. in those final moments.
0: Yeah. yeah so, really yes, yeah, thank you
1: very much, Christine, for sharing thank that you. with us. Thank you. And we want to invite any of any you any who of may you have me. a story about a pet that you've loved and lost to call in and tell us about that. We talked about Browser a little bit earlier, and we've talked about Pebbles I mentioned Corky and Kira, my two beloved dogs that I lost in 2013. All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet is really not just about planning for our pets in the future, but also planning for those pets that we've loved and lost during our lifetime. I got interested in the idea of planning for our pets because when I plan for families, we talk about planning for their children whether they're minor children or they're adult children. And, of course, people have the greatest concern for their minor children because they say, well, that child's young. They'll never be able to take care of themselves. And I feel the exact same way about planning for pets, is that they're a lot like planning for minor children because if we don't take care of them, they're not going to be able to take care of themselves. And it's not too unusual for me to get a phone call from somebody and and it's a phone call I don't like to hear because it's usually one that goes something like this. The caller will say, Peggy, my mom or dad passed away, and they had a cat, a dog, or several dogs, and they didn't make a plan for those pets. So do you know anybody that might be able to give my parents' pet a home? And those are the hardest phone calls because I get a lot of them, number one. I know, number two, that the local shelters are overflowing with pets that people either didn't plan for or for some reason or another have decided that they cannot keep. So if we don't take the time to plan for our pets, there's no telling what might happen to those pets. A friend of mine, her name's Amy Schiever. she runs an organization called Second Chance for Pets, and we're going to have her on the show in upcoming weeks. But she's going to talk to us about the hundreds of thousands of animals that are euthanized annually because somebody forgot to plan. Either they forgot to plan in the event of their disability, because if we end up going into a nursing home or even sometimes into an assisted living facility, we may not be able to take our pet with us. And if we can't take our pet, then who is going to be responsible for our pets? I know when I ask some of my clients this question, on my personal information profile, I always ask about pets, and sometimes people will say, well, why are you asking me about my pets, Peggy? And I'll say, well, because if something happens to you, we have to have a plan for them. Other people, they totally get it. But some people are like, I'm not planning for my pet. And I say, well... 100% of my clients do plan for their pets. They have to do something, even if it's just saying who's going to be responsible for your pet if something happens to you. I think it's that important. I can't imagine that if something happened to me, whether it's a disability or whether it's my passing, but I cannot imagine what would happen to my three horses, my seven dogs, my two cats if I didn't have a plan. And the reality is, I have a husband, so I should be able to assume, right, that he's going to take care of my pets. And I strongly believe that he would do that. But the reality is, I've seen families who assumed the same thing, that their spouse was going to be responsible for their pet if something happened to them, and that did not happen. Again, I get that phone call that says, Peggy, what am I going to do with Bob's dog, or what am I going to do with Sharon's cat? Somebody didn't think far enough ahead. We just assumed that a family member would care about our pets as much as we care about our pets. And I just don't think that we can ever make that assumption. On Memorial Monday, which will be the first Monday of every month, we're going to talk about pets that we've loved and lost. And today we've talked about a few different pets. 2003 I lost six pets I lost two dogs two horses two cats the two horses that I lost that year were Sierra she was my premier and rescue mare and the horse that I rode um, every single weekend for years and years and years she and I did both competitive trail and endurance riding together she was an amazing spirit she came from Canada and she was just the most gorgeous horse i I found her at an auction of premer and babies i didn't plan on getting her but her plan was to be a part of my life and i loved her every minute for 14 years tahoe the other horse that i lost he was my wild mustang and he was my heart he was one of the first horses that i got as an adult Loved him so much, and in fact, he's the reason that Christine Agro and I ultimately became friends and the reason why I'm talking to you today. So Tahoe was a wild Mustang adopted through the government adoption program, the BLM program. He came with his brother Reno, and Reno and Tahoe celebrated their 17th birthdays last year. Tahoe passed away in November, and his brother Reno is still doing well and is featured on the cover of my book, All My Children Wear Fur Coats. So Christine has offered to also share with us some information about another pet, um, a pet named Polly. Christine, do you want to tell us a little bit about Polly? Polly? Sure. Sure. I'd love to
2: um, because she was just an amazing being. um, I mean, they're all amazing, you know, when we actually... Uh, I think take the time to to see them really for who they are And see what they do in our lives and everybody's lives But so Polly um, was a dog who was actually a a friend of ours uh, Dog and for her life she was a therapy dog She did um, uh, therapy with brain injury uh, People who had brain injuries um, she was a, a work dog. She would go to work with our friend <clears throat> and everybody knew her. She was a greeter, you know, she's very much a part of community and, um, our friend, uh, had a stroke and she was, she was not a, um, you know, she was 50 or somewhere around there. um, and when she had the stroke, Polly was in uh, daycare at in New York City. And so Polly remained there. Uh, but the thing about Polly was that she was almost 15. She had hindquarter paralysis, a, a chronic bladder infection, and some form of cancer that they hadn't actually identified what, but they knew that there was a cancer there. And so as our friends... Condition uh, became clear, and it and it was apparent that she was not going to be getting out of the hospital. Um, that she was going to be going to an assisted living facility. Um, that she was not going to recover. Um, the question came to Polly, and through the the chains of communication, we found out that the plan was to euthanize Polly because she had so many issues and she was so old and um, there were, you know, there were money considerations. And I, I don't fault the people that were caring for our friend and her finances in, you know, where they were at. But having known Polly and having known our friend and the relationship that they had, for me, this was no end this was not the appropriate end. So we drove down and we picked up Polly and we brought her home with us. Um, And she spent five months with us and we got her bladder infection cured. Um, I had a very, uh, very scheduled routine for her where I would help her. I would express her bladder three times a day, which, you know, helped with the bladder condition. Um, I had her in diapers. I gave her a bath every morning. I, you know, she had, she had a, a dignified and, I think, good end of her life, which is what I felt she deserved. But it's a great example of, you know, not planning and not even thinking about it and, and just not even, uh, you know, um, considering that something would happen in our life that would put our animals in that position.
1: Well, that's true, because none of us ever believes that we're going to become disabled or pass away. That's been my experience anyway. So if if you are one of the 75 million dog lovers in this country or 88 million cat lovers, um, you have an obligation to plan for your pets. And that's really what Christine and I are talking about here today, is the importance of making those plans today before the plans are relevant so that you don't have a story like Polly, where nobody knew what was going to happen to Polly. I did actually talk to somebody the other day who had asked me a question for their mother-in-law, and they said, Peggy, do you know anybody who has a long-term boarding facility because my mother-in-law is going to go into a nursing home? And we're going to talk more about that when we get back from our break, and I'll tell you the story of what happened.
0: You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on Nature's Channel.fm. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com.
5: Sewingdipity, every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Nature's Channel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelley Levis as she explores eco-friendly gardening methods and fun do-it-yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. So in Divinity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Nature's channel.fm.
4: Steal Back Your Health with Dr. Erica Steele airs live every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on natureschannel.fm. The four physicians are time, nature, and patience, but most importantly, education. Join Dr. Steele and empower you and your family to live naturally, reclaim your personal health power, and feel great. Tune in to Steal Back Your Health on natureschannel.fm.
6: Nature Speaks, there's every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Nature is our greatest teacher and our greatest gift. If we listen, nature will teach us and guide us. Nature will show us how to live with grace and ease and in alignment with all that is right. Visit LetNatureBeYourGuide.com for archives, daily messages from nature, information on nature's sanctuary Sunday services, and more. Let nature be your guide.
0: You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with the state planning attorney and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on Nature's FM. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com.
1: Hello and welcome back. We're uh, talking about planning for our pets in the event something might happen to us. And I had just started telling a story before the break about um, a friend of mine who had come to me and said that her mother-in-law was headed towards a nursing home and was I aware of any organizations that did uh, long-term boarding. Apparently, um, this gal's mother-in-law has seven dogs, much like me, and she was only going to be able to take one of her dogs with her to the nursing home or assisted living facility that she was going to. So she needed to find a facility for six of her dogs. And you can probably imagine that finding a facility, A, that will take six dogs, or B, that you could afford to pay for the long-term care of six dogs could be problematic. So issues that we'll be exploring later in um, upcoming shows are gonna be perpetual care facilities. Um, And these actually are organizations that would be willing to take animals on a long-term care basis. Fortunately for my friend, There's a uh, lady here locally in town. She's going to be on our upcoming show next week. Her name is Teresa Barton, and she's a professional guardian. But she also has a heart for pets, and she's creating a perpetual care program for cats and dogs for not just her clients but for other people in the Central Florida community who may have a long-term care need for a cat or a dog and so I think there's going to be a happy ending to this story, that Teresa is going to be able to take care of these six dogs on a long-term care basis. But let's imagine what would happen on the other end of that spectrum. What would happen to six dogs if there was nobody that would be able to take care of these pets? doesn't sound like the children of the family were in a position to take the six dogs. So more likely than not, they would have landed at one of the local shelters, Um, Our local shelter here in Central Florida is called the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando. But if they had ended up on the doorstep of Pet Alliance, then it would become the responsibility of that organization to make sure that each one of those pets found another forever home. And certainly those costs are not inexpensive. So I always recommend to people that when you're thinking about planning, whether it's for your disability or whether it's for your death, that you also think about the funds that are going to go with your pet and what is the actual long-term care cost to care for one of your pets. In fact, I got asked the other day whether I would be willing to be an expert um, witness in um, a case that may be coming up where somebody failed to properly plan for their pet. They they did leave some money for the benefit of a pet, but now there's a lawsuit over what is the appropriate amount of money to be left for that pet. And so the question was whether or not I would be an expert witness on what it takes to care for a cat on an annual basis. And although I'm more than happy to consider that, think about all the different variables that might go into planning for a cat. How you take care of your cat and how I take care of my cat, those might be two different things. So you really have to look at what are the actual expenses that you spend on your pets each and every week or each and every month, and then that will give you a good idea of how to plan for the long-term costs that might be associated with caring for your pet. So kind of a rule of thumb. One of the things that I share with my clients when we're talking about figuring out the amount of money that would be appropriate is, number one, what do you spend on your pet now? Multiply that so that you know what your monthly cost is and then ultimately your annual cost. Consider the age of your pet. So let's say your pet's five years old right now and it's a cat. I would make the assumption that that pet was going to live an unusually long life. Like let's say, for example, 20 years. Maybe most cats live to be 15 to 18 years old. But let's say we chose 20 as an unusually long life for a cat. And then our formula would say, well, it costs us $1,000 a year to care for our cat. And then we want to make sure that if that cat lives to be 20 years old, that we've set aside at least enough money to plan for a 20-year-old time frame. And then I even go one step further, because I don't think that's really enough. I say, what happens if there's a medical emergency? So we ought to build in a medical emergency plan as well. And so the number that we come up with may not actually be the number that we would spend today, but we're trying to project into the future the long-term care costs for our pet. So we have a caller on the line, and we're going to invite them to share with us now. Welcome. Welcome. We're talking about um, planning for the long-term care of a pet. Let's see if we can uh, invite our caller onto the line. Hello and welcome. Looks like we're having a little technical difficulty. So if you've done planning for your pet, have you set aside an appropriate amount of money to plan for your pets? We were talking about a formula that we might be able to use. So taking what you spend on your pet times the unusually long lifespan of your pet and making sure that we have plenty of resources to plan for our pet. If you want to share some ideas about this with us, you can visit our Facebook page at All My Children Wear Fur Coats, or you can find us on Twitter. And so we do have the caller here. They're calling from Area Code 802, and welcome. Hello? Hi, how are you?
7: Oh, good. Is this Blog Talk Radio?
1: Yes, it is. We're talking about all my children wear fur coats. Do you have a story about a pet?
7: Oh, I do. I do. I um, I I recently lost a wonderful greyhound by the name of Nigel. Am I on the air, by the way? I think it you are on the air. That. Yes, and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome. Thank you. I was actually on a work call and hung up on you, but I you kept me on the line somehow. So thank you for that. Yeah, I um, you know, I've gone through a really interesting six month period of late. I um, <laughs> pardon me. I've spent too much time crying lately. I um I adopted a wonderful greyhound about eleven years ago, and over the course of his life, um, due to a number of factors, he became semi-famous, certainly famous in the greyhound world, and even semi-famous in the dog world. And I um I really shared his entire life; has been an open book. And and I decided that after he passed away, that I would maintain that policy, and that I would continue to share the grieving process and the experiences that we had along the way. And I just thought it would make sense for me to call in and at least say to those who have recently lost a pet or have elderly pets that they're worrying about, um, it is every bit as painful as those of you who have experienced. Now, it is every bit as painful as you think it's going to be, but there are so many wonderful things that we can reflect back upon. The gifts that these pets give us are just amazing, and I have really spent... The last six months in a place of sadness and gratitude, um waffling and falling apart on myself and then smiling and laughing at memories um, and just wanted to tell everybody that in the end uh, we just got to have faith i i didn't I'm not one of those people who has ever really been a believer in the afterlife and in signs and in the, the ethereal world, but I will say that in the last six months, my position has been changed entirely by the signs I've seen. Oh, that's
1: so, awesome! Well, we're, I'm really happy to hear that. What was your dog's name?
7: His name was Nigel.
1: Nigel. Name was Nigel.
7: Yeah, he, is, he was the he was one of many greyhounds that we've adopted, but he just he was a super dog. He had a little bit of magic, and uh, people happened to notice it. He caught on a bit. But you know, I wasn't calling to to brag about my dog. I was really calling to say, I like so many. I uh, really believe that there was no way that I was going to be able to go on after the loss of this amazing dog that had become such a huge part of my life. but the truth is, the loss is only physical, and the legacy remains and i I just I know how much it hurts. I remember the darkest day, the day after he died when I woke up with the cold realization to me that I would never see him again and i I will never forget that low and I know that there are people listening that are in that place right now, and all I can say is keep the faith. It takes time, and, and it, it is a different, the healing process is different for all of us. We all run at different speeds in this place. I understand that. But as one who has typically been a pessimist and has not found the silver linings, and has never believed it much, um, I can honestly say, having having lost a wonderful dog and having gone through the experiences I have in the last number of months, that uh, <laughs> pardon me, there is something more. Absolutely, there is something more. Their energy is here. And some of us, I think, probably are a little more open to it than others. But if you can keep an open mind and an open heart and be observant, those signs will come.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing about Nigel, and have a terrific day.
7: You too. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. You're listening to Bye. Nature's Channel FM. All my children wear fur coats, and that was a wonderful story about the greyhound Nigel, and the gifts that he gave to his owner not only during his lifetime but still opening his mind to possibilities after the loss of Nigel. So the first Monday of every month is going to be Memorial Monday, where we remember those pets that we've loved and lost. And we're inviting our callers to either call in and tell us about our pets, like Nigel, like Pebbles, um, like Corky and Kira and Sierra and Tahoe, So you can call in and tell us about your pet. You can send us information about your pet on Facebook, on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. And on the second Friday of every month here in the central Florida area, so if you're living in central Florida, you can join us. We're going to be having a Peace After Pet Loss program. And that will be at 9.30 in the morning at One Senior Place in Altamont Springs. And we would invite all the residents of Central Florida to join us. But if you're not local and you still want us to remember your pet at Peace After Pet Loss, you can send us that information. And during our memorial service, we'll be happy to mention your pet. Probably a lot of you are familiar with the the idea of the Rainbow Bridge for our pets, and I personally have a strong belief in the Rainbow Bridge. I I just know that I'm going to be mauled when when my time comes and I get to heaven because as a huge pet lover and as a, a person who's had a lot of pets throughout my lifetime, I will suspect that all of my pets will be there waiting for me, and I'll be looking forward to seeing them as well. So we're going to continue to share stories about pets that we've loved and lost, and explore all of the different ways that we can uh, plan for our pets, not only during our lifetime, but in the event of our disability or our death. We would welcome you to call us and to share your stories. And we're so looking forward to being a weekly part of your life so that we can bring all of the famous and wonderful animal spirits, those that we've loved throughout our lifetime, so that we can remember them not only today, but in the future, We're looking forward to having some awesome guests on the show. Um, We're going to talk next week with uh, Teresa Barton, and we'll talk more about that when we return.
0: You are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on Nature's Channel.fm. Find archives and more at
5: LegacyForYourPet.com. Zoendipity, every Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Nature's Channel.fm. Want to know what the latest garden trends are? Learn about homesteading techniques and get helpful tips that will help your garden grow? Join Shelly Levis as she explores eco friendly gardening methods and fun do it yourself projects that will have you thinking outside the pot. Zoendipity, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Nature's Channel.fm.
4: Steal Back Your Health with Dr. Erica Steele airs live every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Nature's The four physicians are time, nature, and patience, but most importantly, education. Join Dr. Steele and empower you and your family to live naturally, reclaim your personal health power, and feel great. Tune in to Steal Back Your Health on Nature's
6: Nature Speaks, there's every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Nature is our greatest teacher and our greatest gift. If we listen, nature will teach us and guide us. Nature will show us how to live with grace and ease and in alignment with all that is right. Visit LetNatureBeYourGuide.com for archives, daily messages from nature, information on nature's sanctuary Sunday services, and more. Let nature be your guide. You are listening to All My Children
0: Wear Fur Coats, with estate planning attorney and animal advocate Peggy Hoyt, airing every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, here on Nature's Channel FM. Find archives and more at LegacyForYourPet.com.
1: Welcome back. I'm Peggy Hoyt. If you're one of the millions of dog or cat or bird or small animal or horse lovers out there in the world, then this show is for you because we're talking about the things that are important to you and that are important to your pets. First Monday of every month is Memorial Monday where we're remembering pets that we've loved and lost. We've already heard from a couple of callers about pets that they've loved. Most recently we heard about the greyhound Nigel and the difference that he made in his owner's life. I uh, lost six pets in 2013, as I mentioned, and we're talking about those pets as we're going through the show today. So in addition to two dogs and two horses, I also lost two cats. I lost my Shamu, who was a feral kitty, and I lost my Bangle, who was a rescue kitty. And Shamu is kind of a funny story because Shamu was a barn cat, but she showed up first at my neighbor's house as a feral cat and was actually terrorizing the cats at my friend's house. And my friend basically said, I'll give you money if you take this cat and let her be your barn cat and doesn't have to live over at my house. And so she gave me $20, which I think I still have to this day. I've never spent. I kind of tucked it away somewhere. But Shamu was uh, inspired to come over and live at our house. She was a black and white cat, of course. And my husband probably wasn't too keen on the idea of another cat. And so I got this bright idea that I would let my husband name Shamu. So black and white cat, and I said to my husband, what do you want to name our new cat? And he took one look at her and he said, let's call her Shamu in honor of the uh, killer whales that are over at SeaWorld here in central Florida. So we got... Shamu, the black and white cat, not the killer whale. She was an excellent cat. We had her for years and years and years. And um, she was a feral cat, so she didn't want to be held, but she certainly wanted to be loved. And we had lots of opportunities to love her throughout her lifetime. The other cat that we lost in 2013 was Bangle. And Bangle was a rescue kitty from the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando here in the central Florida area. When I decided to get Bangle, I actually got Bangle as a pet for another cat. I had Beijing at the time, and I had Bo, my two cats. And Bo was very elderly at the time. Beijing was a kitten, and Beijing was way too much for Bo to handle. So I decided I better go back to the shelter and get Beijing a cat. And so Bangle became Beijing's cat. And the way I chose Bangle is I went into the cat room at Pet Alliance and I waited for the cat that came to me. And Bangle was the one that came to me. And when you picked up Bangle, she was like jello. She just absolutely melted into your arms. And Bangle was one of those cats that looked like she had been put together by a committee. She had blue eyes, she had four white paws. She was tiger striped throughout her body, even though she was the color of Siamese. And then on her side, she had what I call ocelot shading. So she was very, very unusual, unique kitty, but she had the most beautiful blue eyes you ever saw. So I'm remembering Bangle today along with Shamu. If you have a pet that you'd like to remember, you can either call us at 718 766. Four nine nine six. You can post it to our Facebook page, All My Children Wear Fur Coats. We would love to have the opportunity to share your pet story with our listening audience because we're talking about planning for your pets. We're planning for our pets during our lifetime. We're planning for our pets in the event of our disability. Ultimately, we're planning for our pets in the event of our death, But along with all of that comes the idea that we also may lose a pet during our lifetime and what are the different ways that we can memorialize or remember our pets during um, the time period where we're grieving for the loss of our pets. I mentioned earlier that there's about 75 million dog owners in this country and 88 million cat owners. That's a lot of dogs and cats. And so many of you out there are sharing the same kinds of issues and concerns that I share thinking about my pets and that Christine shared in talking about pebbles and talking about Polly. And I know one of the things that Christine had mentioned earlier was that when they moved to Brooklyn, they really weren't prepared for an animal emergency. They had not yet scoped out where their local emergency veterinary center was or how they were going to get there if they needed to get there in a hurry. And I think that's an important consideration. Something that we all need to think about is what would we do in the event of an animal emergency? And I don't know about you, but my personal experience is that I never seem to have any animal emergencies Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. My animal emergencies always seem to happen After 5 o'clock in the evening, on a Saturday, on a Sunday, on a holiday, and if your vet's not available, your regular vet, then who do we call? Where do we go? What do we do? And it's important to figure that out now before we have an animal emergency. Lots of mobile veterinarians out there, and hopefully we're going to have a few of them on the line to talk with us on future shows so that they can tell us about this whole thriving industry of mobile vets, people that will actually come to your house and help you care for your pet without having to take your pet somewhere that might be scary or if they have um, a lot of phobias about going to the vet. I have a very super special vet, and um, because I have so many pets, my three horses and seven dogs and two cats, um, he actually is willing to come to my house annually to do all of the shots for my pets, and he was out just a couple of weeks ago where he vaccinated seven dogs and two cats. He's not actually my horse vet, so um, I have another vet for that purpose. But it was almost comical because as he's trying to treat each one of the dogs, all of the other dogs are crowded around. They're trying to lick him. They're trying to jump on him. And that's just the kind of relationship that you want your pets to have with their veterinarian. Fun facts to know and tell about dogs and cats. Um, Something else that you should probably know is that if you are a pet lover, you're not alone, and that 24% of us who are dog lovers have two or more dogs. And 51% of us who are cat owners have two or more cats. Um, Many of these animals are adopted from shelters, but frankly, the adoption numbers could be a whole lot higher. We need to make sure that if we're looking for a pet, that we choose our local shelter as our first place to think about when we're getting a pet. In upcoming weeks, we're going to be talking about perpetual care facilities. Some local shelters are starting to implement perpetual care um, programs for the loss of a pet, or not the loss of a pet, but if you die and you need to have a place for your pet. So making sure that we have that last resort, if we don't have a friend or a family member who's willing to take care of our pet, we would be able to then look at a perpetual care facility. I'm really excited about our next show as well. We're going to be talking with Teresa Barton. Teresa is a professional guardian, and she's going to be sharing with us some of the stories and things that have happened in her life when she's been caring for clients who have become mentally disabled during their lifetime, who have had pets, and all of the issues that she's had to deal with on the professional guardian side. One of the things that you're going to learn when we talk with Teresa is that from a guardianship standpoint, most state guardianship laws do not address the long-term care of pets. So that means that as pet owners, we have to make sure that we're thinking about those plans well in advance of something happening to us. I know nobody ever thinks they're going to become mentally disabled during their lifetime, and frankly, most of us don't think we're ever going to die. If you listen to people talk, they say, when I win the lottery and if I die, as if winning the lottery is a definite and maybe we're going to pass away at some point in the future. But the reality is every single one of us is going to pass away at some point. And so if you're a pet lover, if your house is full of pets, then it behooves you to stay with us and to think about all the different ways that you can plan for your pets. If you're interested in reading more about this, you can pick up a copy of my book, All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet. If you want to remember your pet on Memorial Monday, you can call the show at 718-766-4996, 718-766-4996, and we'll be happy to honor your pet on the show. Today we've honored Corky and Kira, two of my beloved dogs, Sierra and Tahoe, two of my beloved horses, and Shamu and Bangle, two of my beloved cats. And in honor of all of my pets, I've actually created blogs. Diary of a loved pet dot blogspot dot com and diary of a loved horse dot So we're inviting you to share with us the memories of your loved and lost pets either at by calling the show at 718-766-4996 or visiting us on Facebook at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. This is our inaugural show of All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm Peggy Hoyt. We're on Nature's FM. We're going to talk every week about some new aspect of planning for your pets. Our shows are all going to be archived on natureschannel.fm, so if you miss the show live, you can always listen to it later on. You can share it with your friends, and you can communicate with us on Facebook or by calling into the show or by tweeting us on Twitter at Kids in Fur Coats. We just are so excited about being here to plan with you, to share with you, to celebrate the pets that you love. Your children in fur coats, and we'll see you next time. Happy Tales!
0: Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats here on Nature's Channel.fm. All My Children Wear Fur Coats explores options and alternatives for creating a lasting legacy for your pet. Visit legacyforyourpet.com to join our email list for updates on shows, links to archives, information on complimentary pet planning workshops, and more. Be sure to tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Happy tails! See you next week.